Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Success Bug Podcast. I know, I know it has been a very long time since we've released an episode and our sincerest apologies for that. Despite the, you know, entrepreneurial climate of go, 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 never stop, never stop. It is not always easy to stay 100% all the time. This entire journey is about peaks and valleys and feeling good and putting in the work even when you don't feel good and also just accepting when you don't feel good enough to be able to put out a good product. After a good you know, mental break, I think that we're ready to continue putting out a great product in this podcast and overall just ready to continue interviewing some of the coolest up and coming entrepreneurs in their respective spaces. Just want to thank every single one of our listeners for you know being patient with us. Well, with the sappy stuff out of the way, for those of you who don't know, every other week I will be covering the net worth of a famous celebrity or entrepreneur with my co-founder, Marcus. In the beginning, he will have to try to guess who that entrepreneur or celebrity is with a few different random facts I'm going to give him. Then we go into it, we break it down, we have some fun. So without further ado, the entrepreneur slash celebrity that we'll be covering today is Grant Cardone. Please enjoy. English is actually the hardest language to learn, apparently. I hear that. Yeah, right. I've definitely yeah. heard that English is... None of what we say makes sense. None of our language makes sense compared to other languages. Way more slang. All of the words that we use aren't associated with logic. No, you know? no, yeah, so it like, doesn't... Yeah. So when you're a person from a different country and you hear somebody say... I can't even think of an example right now, but when you hear somebody say a word in English... They're kind of just like, how does that make any sense? It probably is the hardest thing in the world. Like, I ain't seen that shit in a grip. What, what is a grip? Like, is yeah. that a long period yeah. of time? Or, None of this like, language. Like, yeah, no, there's so much legal. We're just like, yeah, what is that? That is not what that word means, you know? But New Yorkers yeah. just love to change the meaning of words for yeah. everything. And another thing, too, and I read it in a book by Malcolm Gladwell. You know how there's a stereotype about how people think that Asian people are just better at math for some reason? Yeah. The real reason that's the case is because... The way that Asian people learn math is so different than the way that everybody else in the world learns math because their language literally is it's more logical to them. You know, they write in symbols Mm. for us when we do math, we make it more complicated than it has to be. Everything for them is like one plus one equals two. Mm. Like for them, 16 is like one six, basically. Mm. So when they do math, they're not doing like 16 plus 78. They're doing Mm. like one six plus seven, eight. You know what mm, I mean? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's they, like they, for them, it's like it. way simpler for them to do the math and they do it quicker. And there was a whole study ran and that's, that's why typically like Asian people that use that type of, the, that use that language are better at math because they just, it makes more sense to them. That's interesting. Yeah. No, I had no clue, but it makes sense. Yeah. I always just thought that was a, some cultural thing. All right. All right. Hit me. Full disclosure. I haven't even chosen anybody yet. So this is going <laughs> to be, gonna be uh, right, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun then on the spot damn we've done a lot it. we've done we've done many uh, yeah, we haven't done a decent amount we've done a, a, a lot of the bigger people so like yeah yeah if you were to hit me with like one of the social media youtubers i would never get it you know i would just yeah 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 no yeah, no there are a ton of people we've covered that i literally have never heard of yeah no 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 but the majority of people who i see us covering now like tim the tat man <laughs> I, you, you could give me anything in the book i would never guess that i also don't know who i didn't know who mr beast was until like a month ago like, because of because, the uh because of the article oh yeah, he did that uh uh squid games. uh squid games thing but yeah i i had already i only knew of him because of somebody that wrote about a story on our on our website like mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. then yeah. i saw the whole thing with squid game come out yeah all right you got it yep yep don't hurt me (laughs) okay uh this this person was born in louisiana okay he was 
introduced to drugs and alcohol at an early age. Okay. So he wasn't the best student. He was in and out of detention. He actually did end up graduating, but he was a, a very troubled student. Okay. Real estate mogul. Real estate mogul. Yeah. Is this, um, oh, what's his name? Rob, uh, Cardone. Do I want it anymore? Is, is that? <laughs> maybe, maybe the fire has just left my belly. Like, I feel like I don't even like, that could be, that was embarrassing. Know, you know what it is? That I was embarrassing. Knew, I knew he had like trouble with the law, when he was younger. Um, yeah. And then when you said mogul, law. I was like, we've only covered how many people in real estate. I feel like just him. Like, I, I just didn't know that. Like, I didn't know that that was common knowledge that Grant Cardone was a real estate mogul. Like, I just learned that a second ago. Just, so I was like, yeah, no, that's how he made all his money. He's like a huge real estate head. Yeah, He's I just like, read Mariel swears by him. Swears I by know. Him. I read his book. It, I yeah, mean, yeah, what's it called? 10X, right? The 10, yeah, the 10 times roll. It's literally yeah. actually right here. Yeah, okay, um, 10 times roll. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I mean, because I'm not trying when he to, listens to it. When, <laughs> when he <laughs> listens to it. Um, I, I don't want to shit on it, but I, I just thought, like, I think we talked about this before. It was kind of yeah. like preachy. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, like very abstract, like chase your dreams, set big goals, and you'll hit them. And it's just, yeah, yeah. The only real thing he's telling you to do is just whatever goal you have, multiply it times 10. Yeah. So, what does that mean? Like, if I have a mansion, do I just multiply the square feet you of that 10 mansion mansions. times, times yeah, 10? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's yeah. like a compound. It's like, no, it's like that Kanye West quote where it's just like, shoot for the stars because if you fail, you land on the clouds or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Like, what I was actually just talking to my boy about this today. And he was saying, like, when he negotiates salary, his boy told him, always ask for $25,000 more than what you're comfortable taking because mm-hmm. they'll probably only like meet you at half of that. But if you just tell them exactly what you're looking for, not only will you might not get it, they might even go below it. But he was like, if you to this point of like 10 X and like you give a number way, way higher, even if you don't hit it. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be like, what, 25? No, we'll give you maybe like $10,000 more. That's still $10,000 more than what you were going to ask for. So it's like just setting these bigger goals to allow you to move a little further ahead in life. Right. No, I I do think the 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 message was really good. Like when I read it, I was like, oh, I really like this. Like I really like this book. And then that was when I really first started getting into reading and I realized Mm -hmm. that I had read so many better books after that. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So it wasn't that good. Like there are, yeah. there are much better books about like actually like taking action and stuff. But yeah. in terms of the message, it was really good for sure. Yeah. No, I'm definitely that same way where I like more actionable books than I like more preachy books. Yeah. 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 Like I think, um, what was I going to say? <laughs> you didn't I, like I, it that I, much. Grant Cardone. Short-term memory is so bad. There it um, is. It's leaving. But before her very eyes. Yeah. It's gone now. <laughs> It'll come back to you. Yeah. In the shower, I, uh, like tomorrow. Like yeah. <laughs> the most like punch yeah. a hole through the wall. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, it was something about just the book though, and how um I felt like it was oh, fuck man. Wow. I just forgot. That's crazy. All right, anyway, if it comes back, I'll remember. But okay. Grant Cardone is a sales trainer, motivational speaker, real estate investor, and thought leader with money coming in from books, events. And real estate, he's amassed a net worth of how many dollars in 2022? Uh, I remember the last time, if it's the same number, I think it was $300 million. That is that is correct. That, that wasn't really a guess because you you clearly knew that one. Yeah, no, no, no. Because I, I remember like, editing the Grant Cardone piece, if not writing it. So yeah, it, it's yeah. an older one, though. Yeah, it is one of the early ones when we only cover yeah. entrepreneurs. Um, yeah. So like I said, he was born in Louisiana, fourth of five children troubled upbringing 
introduced to drugs and alcohol very early. He was in that of detention, constantly getting suspensions, but he actually graduated and attended McNeese State University in 1981, where he got his Bachelor of Science in Accounting. Interesting. Yeah, helpful for real estate, for sure. Accounting? Yeah, no, just because you learn how to like, you know, appraisals and you probably have to maybe finance, but more like discounted cash flows and things like that. It definitely would like a finance accounting background would definitely be helpful for a real estate. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just wonder how, cause he strikes me as somebody who didn't really care much about school. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just know from experience, like me going to school, we've talked about this before. I just, it was just like the path of least resistance to an A. Like I never. Started. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like he was probably like the same way. Like I have a finance degree and I couldn't tell you like half of the stuff I learned. Yeah. Like my last I mean, two did- years. Yeah, no, 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 for sure. And he, he it doesn't sound like he went to a good school. What is it like a Disney's university? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of that. I don't want to, uh, who knows how good of a school it is. I've literally just never heard of it. Yeah, no, but uh, yeah, I could definitely see him kind of like, you know, skating by, um, yeah. you know, being like, you know, it doesn't sound like it's Chicago or anything like that or, no, you know, like no. a Stanford. So maybe he just skated by, you know, to as most students do. For sure. Yeah, yeah I think, um, and it, it makes sense. I mean, he started his career in sales. I feel like that's very characteristic of people who don't necessarily like the whole, you know, uh, like the way most salespeople are not the biggest proponents of like school, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like they don't really thrive in that type of environment, which makes sense for sure. Because it's like, you don't really need a degree to go into sales. Yeah. You're like, I could just do this myself. Like, why do I need, I could figure this out. You know, it's like, I I could sell this to anybody. Like, why do I need all the math and stuff? Yeah. makes sense. No, for sure. Um, So yeah, he started his career in sales. He traveled all over the United States, living in places like Houston and Los Angeles. He never loved his job and unfortunately never shook his drug addiction. And by the age of 25, he ended up in rehab. After attending rehab, he found a new lease on life, though. And through rehab, he discovered two things. One, he hated sales. And two, he hated being broke even more. So as much as he wanted to quit a sales job, he knew that having a job in general kept him busy and would help him, uh, you know, help stop him from falling back into drug abuse. So before he started investing in real estate, he decided to try to go into consulting. So at that point, he was, you know, partnering with uh, dealerships, car dealerships, manufacturers to introduce a new sales method. So his whole idea behind that was that he wanted to disrupt the auto industry by making their sales process like more consumer friendly and efficient. And with mm-hmm. the money he was making as a consultant, he started to put that aside so he could also start investing. And that's where he decided to invest in real estate uh, rather than, you know, other types of things. I guess that's a, a big reason why Mario is such a big Real, yeah, a real estate fan because of Grant Cardone. For sure. Um, so after he started investing in real estate, his first investment was a single family property in Houston. At first, it was a successful, but, but that is, at first it was a successful investment <laughs> as he rented it to tenants for a few months. However, mm-hmm. after the tenants left, his cash flow dried up. Okay, so I feel like Mariel's entire persona and vocabulary came out of. Bro, I think he might have written it now that I'm thinking about this. It sounds just like it. So the words cash flow and real estate were two sentences apart. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, after the tenants left, his cash flow dried up. He learned a crucial lesson. Never depend on one tenant for cash flow. He sold that property and four years later he bought his second property at the age of 29. This property was a multifamily household. And by this point, with the sale of his first property and his second property now generating cash flow, he quickly bought his third property. 
And by using the income from his properties that he would acquire, he kept investing in more and more real estate, eventually starting his own company, Cardone Capital. And by 2012, it was one of the largest private party real estate companies in Florida. Today, he owns over 4,500 apartments. Wow. Damn. But I feel like he always wanted more. And even after this, like he always kind of aimed higher. And this was in his book too. I'm sure it's going to come up, Mm -hmm. but Cardone Capital, which was Grant Cardone's real estate company, owns and controls over $800 million worth of properties in the United States. He prefers to buy his real estate through debt so that he doesn't share his profits with others. And then comes the 10 times rule that we just talked about. As much as Cardone is an amazing real estate investor, he's also a great thought leader. He's written multiple books and created many business programs. His most notable book has been the 10 times rule. This book is based on the idea that you should figure out what you want to do. <laughs> then you should multiply the effort and take it there. I, I multiply it by 10. This will help guarantee that you don't fall short of your goal. And this book is right in line with this model. Be obsessed or be average. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's the 10 X rule, the 10 times rule. I think I always call it the 10 times rule. I feel like it makes more sense. Yeah. You're multiplying I, it. <laughs> yeah. I want to say I've heard him say the 10 X when I've heard mm. him like in speeches, but it, it could be, I, you know, same exact thing, but yeah. I see what he's saying, you know, like maybe a mansion wouldn't make sense. We were saying before, like, yeah, you don't want to get 10, but you know, if it's like, I want a job that gets, and this is where it's like hard. It's like, if you say, I want a job that pays me six figures, his mm-hmm. methodology or thought process, like, no, you should want a job that pays you seven figures. Yeah. And, but it's just like, okay, now what jobs at a certain point, like, and if you're going to be making second, seven figures, you have to be like a CEO or any type yeah. of like C-suite. So it is, I, I get, I get where he's coming from, where it's like shoot yeah. for the stars, but I think there isn't the most practicality and like, how do you 10 X everything that you yeah. want to do? You know, yeah. you can't. Yeah. It does make sense though, because I guess he's he is saying that like yeah the the whole point is yeah you'll have to be a CEO but that's just kind of what you have to assume is it's going to take so yeah if you want to make that then just that's what it is uh, just like accepting that to be the case you know for sure no and I bet you if you do start looking at it as like okay like now I have to be a CEO to make that amount of money you will be, hit six figures very quickly um, yeah. and I think that's probably his point it's just like yeah you will surpass your goals very quickly if your mindset oh, yeah. changes. From I want a six figure job to I want to be CEO, you will see your income shift immediately. Yeah, because the floor then becomes six figures. Exactly. You know, exactly. Your floor changes. Like you'll pass six figures and not even be thinking about it as like a good thing anymore. As a milestone. Yeah. You'll still be like, oh, I'm not even close. (laughs) You're thinking of like the seven figures. And meanwhile, back in the day, you were talking about six figures. Like that was, you know, that that was the 10 times before you, you know, upped it. So I get, I always got the idea, but. Like you said, I th- this is what I was going to say. I, I remember now. There it is. <laughs> it there came it is. back. It yep. came full circle. It, it's some books don't need to be books, in my opinion. Like, you know, like it, it's kind of like one thought stretched across like 300 pages. Like, mm. I think that's kind of what it is. And not in a bad way, because like I read the entire thing and I liked it. But mm. it, it, it's really just kind of like one thought over and over and over again in different ways being presented to you. So yeah, I guess when you read it over that many times, though, it kind of gets ingrained in your head. So mm-hmm. that's that's different than somebody just you know writing Listening a tweet about it. it. Yeah, like I, it one time. it's funny you said that because I was going to say that some of these books could be YouTube videos, and <laughs> one that's yeah, one that's, that that stands out for me really is a Simon um, Simon Sinek's book. Start with why. I listened mm. to his TED talk. Uh, Start that, with yeah. why. That was like it's about twenty minutes long, and then I bought his book. Start with why, and his book was really just a book version of his TED talk. But I got yeah. the exact same message from both. 
But to your point, it didn't really need to be a book. Like not to say the book wasn't good. I'd recommend the book to almost anyone. Mm. But I'd also say like, if you're not a book reader, you could watch a ten- the TED talk and still get 85% of what the book tells you. Yeah. You know, no, so, it's yeah. very true. Like I, I read uh, Adam Grant's book, um, which, Originals, and mm-hmm. it was really good. It was one of my favorite books. I really liked it. And then I realized I was like on the treadmill or something. And I was trying to just put on like a Ted talk or something. And I noticed that, um, and this is when I was like listening to a lot of Adam Grant, cause I really liked the book. And then I saw mm-hmm. that he had a Ted talk and it was about like originals. And I was like, Oh, maybe it's like a different, uh, you know, maybe it's something different about the same idea. And it was mm-hmm. literally just the entire book and like a 15 minute Ted talk. Yeah. And I, I left like feeling like violated. I was like, Wait a minute. <laughs> you know how long it took me to read that book. It was like a month yep. and I really liked it, but I I felt like like you just said I could have just squeezed that into like a, a YouTube to have gotten kind of the same idea, but I guess that's the idea. I think when you read it, it is ingrained in your head a little bit more because it's just mm-hmm. over and over again, and you it's proven to you retain things better when you read them. Like for physically. sure. So yeah, so yeah, I'm not opposed to things like that, but you know, I, you know, with Grant Cardone in particular, what really stood out to me about his story. And I know we usually do this at like the key takeaways, but just thinking about it as you're bringing it up was like a, the reinvestment of capital and not like making, having made that money and then stopped and then being like, Oh, like I made this money off this first or second property. You know, I'm, I'm rich now and I'm going to like pay myself out and buy a car. I was was like reinvesting to grow the business. And then the second thing was how people kind of like take this time off and come back in like this entrepreneurship, not being a linear path where it's like, he bought that first property when he was like, I think 25 or something. And then it said he bought his second one at 29. So there yeah. was a four year gap in between things. So oh, I yeah. feel like, and I've seen that a lot with a lot of entrepreneurs who like do something, it'll fail. Like, you know, he said, he said the tenants moved out, it failed. He learned the lesson, but didn't immediately reapply it. You know, the next day he waited, you know, he waited 40 years to buy that, you know, that, uh, what I forget the four family home or the, multi-family uh, household. multifamily household. So it's like, that, that to me is always just very interesting. We're like, you know, you see these entrepreneurs now and you're like, oh, they must've had it so easy. It must've been like this very linear path to success. And then you see, no, like it's riddled with his story in particular with the drug addiction, getting over it, the failure yeah. of the first house, the debt. And then only at 29, he finally kind of figured it out. Yeah. So it is. So those two things definitely stood out to me when you were going over his story right there. Yeah. I think it puts it in perspective that he made it happen at 29 and, you know, yeah. Yeah, we've talked about this before, but like how there are so many successful people that are younger than us and you mm-hmm. know, like yep. making like 10 times the amount of money that we make now just from like, mm-hmm. you know, crypto or TikTok. And then Something. you see them explain it like it's so easy. Like, you know, like it's like like if you scroll through TikTok, it's everything is this is just kind of deep for a second, I guess. But like everything is mm-hmm. so quick. First of all, like the nature of the app is very quick. So you're just yep. kind of scrolling through everything. So mm-hmm. it's a quick app. You want quick results. Like everything has to be like you have to retain everything in like 15 seconds or you're not going to look at it. So yep. when you look at all these people who are like explaining that they're like millionaires and they're like, oh, you want to make one hundred thousand dollars? Well, I'll show you how. And then they do like a 15 minute video like this is how I did it. I just went on OpenSea.com and I flipped this NFT for a thousand dollars. And it's like it sounds so easy. So it makes it feel like you're like doing something wrong if it takes a while to like build something yes. up. But then you see somebody like him who just, you know, did it the old fashioned way, I guess, where it mm-hmm. actually takes time and it's more sustainable. Yeah. And I feel like even the people who do show the videos where it's like, look, I flipped this shit on OpenSea.io and it was an NFT. Like, I bet you as much as they say, look how easy it is now, it took them a while to figure that out. Oh, like, yeah, no one ever yeah. talks about the journey. They only like show the outcome. And I, yeah. you know, this is why I really like our podcast is the fact that we dive into the fact that like, 
This stuff yeah. doesn't happen overnight. Like as much as like, yeah. you might seem like it does, these people take years, they take breaks, they have their failures. Yeah. And it really is just taking that in stride and keep moving forward. I think people also like the fact that we're broke. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, yeah. You got got no business giving financial advice. <laughs> still, I'm still ducking calls from the IRS. Yeah, like it's like we preface things by saying, like, and this is not financial advice. It's like, bro, it's we know. Like, <laughs> like, like, trust me, we understand. It's, it's you don't have to put a disclaimer. Yeah, um, yeah, no, for sure. But I think it's cool because like, you know, we're not broke, but like we're not yeah. rich. So yeah, we're not rich, and, like, especially in comparison to the guests that we have on the show. Who are like, oh, yeah, yeah. We're talking yeah. to like multimillionaires, people yeah. with, like millions of followers and stuff. Yeah. And but I think the fact that people know that, like, mm-hmm. I think they like I think that's been shown that it's been kind of appreciated, like the reviews and stuff in the comments for like, sure. People like yeah. appreciate that type of thing. Yeah. No, easily. Well, I um, eat my applesauce and ice cubes for dinner. <laughs> Your struggle puffs in the morning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Having sleep for dinner. Yeah, just ice cubes coated in sugar with water as the milk. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, o- only yeah, milk. Milk only when I'm treating myself. Usually, yeah, it's just milk water. on Fridays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Every other Friday. Yeah, every other day you just coat the the ice cubes in sugar. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, we really kind of did the key takeaways. Like, I don't want to re- be redundant. Uh, for yeah. Grant Cardone, but just to reiterate, he has a net worth of 300 million. He diversified his investments across a, ver- a variety of asset classes and achievements. So it's no surprise why it's so high. His two books, mm-hmm. if you're not first, you're last, stolen from the Talladega Nice about Ricky Bobby, but okay. Yes, sir. And the 10 times rule are both bestsellers. He still gets paid today to speak at notable events all over the country. That's Greg Cardone. You're probably thinking I'm going to make a joke about how he's, he's going to call, call us after this. <laughs> congratulate us on another good year i'm here to tell you that's exactly what's going to happen and it's not a joke these people do call us for advice they call us we've built some pretty uh long-lasting relationships over the past year so and grant cardone is no exception to that he's he's right in there so grant i love you man thanksgiving was great and um i can't wait to to (laughs) see you again man you know yep yeah, nah, 100%. <laughs> that's, 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 that's the G-Dog for you right there, big homie. From Lil Fridge to G-Dog, man. From Lil, Lil Fridge to G-Dog. That's my love. I'm sending my love over to you and your family as well. I'll get back to those texts. My fault. I've been busy. <laughs> but <laughs> I haven't forgot about you. No, we'll get back to you. All right. Yes, sir. Eventually. When we have the time. <laughs>